Welcome to Clued Up But Clueless. This is a podcast all about leveling up, self, money, and career. Join at Coco Not Quite Chanel and it's me, Karina, on our journey of self discovery and self improvement. Let's go. Hello, guys. Hey, welcome back to another episode. We are back with episode two of 2022 i'm loving how many twos are involved right now because also february we're loving that for us <laughs> and this week it was the two two 22 week so yeah you know, there's so many twos flying around powerful numbers yeah and then i'm also waiting for 22 to 22 22 oh, oh, sorry when it comes to 22 to 2022 like all the we have to be manifesting everything we want and desire on these days. If you if you miss the two Literally. one, then you're gonna get it on the twenty two one. <laughs> so, how has your week been? Honestly, like, because um, obviously this is a work talks episode, and as we get into it, we'll be talking about career, and it's come at quite a good time for me because I've had a lot of, I guess, important decisions at work that I've needed to make in terms of what direction I'm going to be heading in, um, questions about what roles I want to take, if any changing positions with um, a startup that I'm working on. Um, So it's it's been a lot of kind of big life choices at the moment. I also went back to Manchester, um, caught up with some friends, saw some family. So I feel like between when we last recorded and now, I feel like I've not stopped really and especially it's quite ironic because last episode I said I was going to stop and relax more um (laughs) I haven't unfortunately had the luxury but I've um been super privileged to be privy to some cool projects that are going on in London right now um I met up with a guy who's creating an NFT hub in London like the first NFT community of the city like a physical base for what I guess people are doing right now with NFT art Um, So I met him and it's really exciting to me to see how the future of web and especially web 3.0 and the future of collaborative work in the internet space is going to be evolving. And that was cool to be around. But it's been a nonstop two weeks, to be honest. It doesn't feel like it's been that long since we last recorded for me. That's kind of good and bad. You know, it's always good to be busy because it means that, you know, you've got a lot of work on. It's a privileged position to be in. But then again we meant when we said that rest is important guys so hopefully Karina moving forward you do get some time to fit that into your schedule you know they always say you can't have everything you want in this life at one time so maybe there are periods of time where your life is a bit more heavy work balanced and then you get more of a relaxed personal balance at other points so hopefully it just evens out later on in the month yeah I'm getting to be honest I've I've already booked a flight out on Friday so I'm leaving the country on Friday for a long weekend I'm going to Portugal so I'll actually um unwind and relax then but until that point it's a bit hectic right now I can't lie oh you get that quiet Portugal Mm -hmm. going to the Algarve a little bit of relaxation oh, on the beach yeah it's needed and I was hearing you talk about Ghana and I was like no FOMO I need a beach <laughs> and do you know what I will say about Portuguese you loveliest people ever yeah. so so nice I really really enjoyed my time there you're gonna absolutely love it 
yeah I'm excited to be honest I've I've been there a couple of times and it's a relaxing break it's not too far it's like you say nice people good weather pretty beaches so I'm looking forward to having just a few days to rest and unwind and just get back to it next week again and what about you tell me how's your last two weeks been well honestly I think because my first month back at work like my January started off very very intense like I had a big event that I was like hosting and then I also was part of the team that was launching a new um like newsletter initiative thing um but I was doing all the data management side of thing and trying to figure out the legality of spamming people with newsletters you know since the privacy laws change was a big one but you know I I had to deal with a lot of that kind of stuff it went really really well but doing two big pieces of work at one time was extremely exhausting um so then afterwards I don't know I had I had my little report out the report went great and then I don't know my my world felt very like unbalanced I was really struggling with sleep but it was because my mind had too much going on and I started to feel very like also like actually disorganized I can always tell how organized my mind is by how organized my surroundings are I know a lot of people are that way I'm definitely that way so yeah I felt a bit weird for a little while and kind of like a bit like my mood was all over the place a bit down I really wanted to take time out to relax my workout schedule was a bit whack too which is crazy like I'm not the type of person to literally like not work out at all but for me it just wasn't giving what it used to give so I just didn't feel like myself for a little while and then I googled and I was like is mercury in retrograde because there's a website by the way guys if you're ever going through a period (laughs) of like mental I don't know and I'm not one of these people that believes this kind of stuff like I'm really not but sometimes the unexplainable just continually happens to me See, and my mind feels you very say weird. you don't believe but every time life is in upheaval Mercury's in retrograde so it seems like the evidence is there <laughs> for you I mean for me yes because I had no idea and I was like do you know what let me just go on the website there's a particular website and it's literally called is mercury in retrograde.com and that's the only one I go on and it will literally just say in big letters yes or no <laughs> Uh, so I went on there like yep the planets are um, unaligned until like the third and I was like okay and literally when the third came I felt absolutely fine afterwards <laughs> it was so mad um so that will happen I've been taking time to be a baby girl you know I've been enjoying myself let's say I'm not going to incriminate myself on here and talk any further on those points um but other than that the enjoyment came to a massive end when I saw my phone bill so as Karina mentioned, I was absolutely living it up in Ghana over the Christmas time. And there are a few days where um, the Wi-Fi at the house was not working. And let me tell you, these Swiss companies are charging like we're using, like we've just got internet on our phones back in the day. And the data plan was... It was it wasn't it wasn't giving a single thing. They were not giving me like a daily rate. They were giving me like per 500 megabytes. Oh my god, like, when like, they start charging per the megabyte, you know it's gonna be peak. Girl, it was literally 69.90 per 500 megabytes. And I did not realize how fast you whacked through that. So I was just like, let me reload this again, let me reload this again. I was like, oh, I'm really, I'm really struggling here. <laughs> like this is bad. 
Um, but I also, I had COVID at the time. So for a period of that time, I genuinely could not leave the house. <laughs> so I was truly trapped. And I don't know, I'm such a slave to my phone. That really was such a trying time. I regretted not downloading more books. I regretted so many choices I made in that moment. But I did what I did. And I said, let the phone bill be what it may within reason. I'm not going to go too ham, but let it be what it may. Because I can't live without a podcast like I can't. So... <sighs> I thought I did the maths and I was like, okay, it's going to be, and it was like a hundred more than that. Um, so my budget for this month, it had to be reconfigured. It had to be, you know, shimmied and shook. Um, Please drop the bill amount. We need to hear this. It was literally like 815 Swiss francs, which is oh, like oh $850, I want to say. <gasps> wow. That's basically a grand. It's basically a grand, yeah. So it was basically a grand. I'm just trying what, to smile. What did you pay. calculate? What did you think it was going to be? I calculate. Do, do you know what? I'm good at maths. I'm glad that I got like my little my little aim in maths to carry me through because I calculated for seven fifty. So I wasn't that far off. So I wasn't shocked. Check this. You actually thought you were comfortable with paying seven hundred and fifty pounds for your phone. I wasn't comfortable, but the the phone the phone bill provider would cut off for service girls. <laughs> Like, wow I that's a whole after the lot fact. of money girl I had no choice what was this for TikTok no even even things like for example my sister and my dad were out of out of the house that was the problem so I was in the house with people that were doing work on the driveway I wasn't allowed to leave and there was also no food so I had to continually ask people to get me food so literally being able to eat I <laughs> like please need to watch I feel fun. like you just flops <laughs> like so badly I <laughs> absolutely failed around there. wow I absolutely failed but you know that that 500 megabytes was not even one one podcast like it was not it was wow. not doing a single thing for me let alone TikTok girl it was not giving me TikTok um so yeah I absolutely failed I flopped I accepted the L I had to just not look at the number and on top of that, you know, I've got these flights to think about. So I haven't got some of those refunds. I'm down bad. Um, but I'm just, I'm, there's, there's so much that was happening that was just money bad. Ooh, bad. The stock market, ooh, bad. Don't open your portfolio right now, guys. Don't do it. Don't so much was just going crazy. Oh my gosh, a guy I watch on YouTube, slight segue, but very relevant. And don't do this, anyone. Like, don't. A guy I watch on YouTube sold his whole portfolio at the bottom of the market because he's an idiot. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Why? Why? He sold 20 million in equities. But do you know what? It, it goes, it, it really goes to show two things. One, he teaches a course called the psychology of money. But bro, the psychology of stock market investing is literally don't realize your losses. Like the number is not real until you sell, but he sold at the bottom and now it's been recovering. So I know it just pains him every to day honest, to do the live stream. If he, has, if he has 20 million to sell, my sympathy is limited because it's like, you're fine. But see, then that's the other side of the coin. And this is this is something that, you know, we'll probably touch on at a later point. But like, we're, we're not at that point in our personal journey now. But when you're starting off your journey, you've got a higher risk tolerance because one, you've got a longer time horizon. For younger people, you've not really got a family or any like really high fixed um, like monthly expenditure. So you can afford to fuck up because, you know, you've got years and years and years to recover. You don't really need the money for anything urgent. You can take risk and high risk, high reward, especially when it comes to investing, because you're much more likely to make like 
way bigger returns in high growth companies, um, high growth tech, for example, like Tesla or something like that, than you are in like an old company like freaking Walmart or something, which has had most of its high growth years behind it. Like that's just the name of the game. So a lot of the people, when they're like us that come into investing, they can afford to take riskier strategies because they want to grow their wealth. And they've got a long enough time to recover if anything does go real, real bad, as long as they're not like leveraged and borrowing money. This guy was still acting like a Reddit bro when he had done so, so well, because we've been in like a market the last few years where you could have invested in literally anything at that point and made money. And he did, but he continued to basically gamble and like be all in, all in, in like these crazy, crazy different positions, start doing loads of options and he took on loads and loads and loads of risk. And he kept saying, look, I'm getting my margin down. I want to see leverage. Da, 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 da. And then he just sold. He panicked and sold. And everyone was like, to be honest, we would not have continued investing in that way once we'd accumulated a certain amount. Because once you become quite wealthy, your strategy tends to change and you think about wealth preservation. So that's why people pay things like hedge funds, those exorbitant fees to give them like minuscule gains. Because while they don't want to, manage their own assets anymore and two their strategies they want to like maintain their wealth you know they're okay with having a little bit of a gain but they're not thinking about risking it to make loads of money anymore it just changes so I think hopefully he can do the sensible thing and one never ever time the market again because that's the first thing they tell you when you invest is don't try and time the market yeah. um, and second maybe he can just become a bit more diversified because he was all in a high um, high growth tech and that was the sector got, that got absolutely demolished so it must have really pained him seeing him lose 10 million in basically the space of a month so I get it but then also bro like but I feel you... like there needs to be a separate conversation just generally about how like people disguise um, gambling problems as investment because if you're making these type of decisions on a daily and on a whim and like just throwing money here, there and everywhere and being like chasing the risk, you're not actually investing. You are just gambling with like fancy terminology. I completely, completely agree with you. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I just remembered it in the moment because that was the biggest like alarm bells moment for me when I was like, wow, like it is just gambling for some of these people and they've become lucky. But the fact that he did that and he was selling courses to other people where he would like show them his trades, but then out of nowhere, he just cut and was like, I'm out of the market right now, guys. I've just sold everything. Like that was very wild yeah. to me. It's very so dangerous say- because people, because people will see him have a few wins, a few wins, a few wins, but if they don't understand the market and see that the market has just been up for the past two years during the pandemic, then they're going to be thinking, wow, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. But all, more na- all times, like he's just actually like you say gambling he's taking a risk it's paid off and now people are buying his courses and going to do the same with their wealth and I'm sure they probably can't afford to lose it exactly that and I say that to say well we don't do that we don't say like specific stock picks and all these crazy things but I really just wanted to bring that onto this platform to say look when you go onto any YouTube, any podcast, and you want to start investing or start doing anything, remember that at the end of the day, it's your real life money that's at risk. If you can't afford to lose that, don't risk it. And don't get yourself in debt chasing these big numbers that people claim that 
they can get because like him some people really do get successful doing that but it's not guaranteed for everyone I mean look at all the people that lost their money investing in Shiba and Dogecoin at the wrong point in the cycle and selling out because <laughs> me. they didn't understand me oh, <laughs> sorry girl we but we live and we learn that's the thing uh, you didn't you didn't overextend yourself do you know what I mean no, well, there no, are some people hundred. that are like getting in credit card debt to like mm. go into those risky plays so I really say all that to say girly when people say it's not financial advice please listen if if you ignore every other part of the video listen to that because it's just what they're doing you should really take time to research what's right for you and you know don't get don't get conned out of your money and that segues me on to my last point for what happened over the last week Uh <laughs> I'm sure absolutely everybody has um, been seeing the discourse online about the Netflix show tinder swindler i watched it twice girl because i could not believe my eyes please not too many spoilers because i've not watched it yet you've not oh i'm planning to um you know me i don't watch things but i am planning to get this done this week so don't give it's not even it's it's not even a spoiler child like i'm not gonna give any spoilers beyond the actual name of the documentary listen the things women do for what they think is love and i'm I'm not going to criticize, you know, usually people like never could never be me. Um, sometimes I really could, it could never be me because I don't believe in giving men money, but it's easy to see how, if you think you've really fallen in love with someone and they convince you that it's this, this is like them for the long run. And do you know what, why I do have sympathy for these women? Cause I don't have sympathy for the women that like get catfished and don't do like even a simple reverse Google search or like just search for the people's names. Cause it's like, there were some ground rules and there's some basics that we should know by now. And you're not doing that. I can't feel bad for you. But in this, hun, if we're searching people's names and they're career criminals, they've got the fake website for their company they look legit. You've sat on the private jet. You're not just looking at pictures of the private jet. You have sat on a private jet with this man. Like you've seen with your eyes, you've eaten the caviar, you've tasted it yourself. And then all of a sudden, like further down the line, there's issues. But at that point, you're already bought in because you've seen this stuff with your own eyes. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people they wouldn't be as discerning because at that point, the person would have groomed them for their walls to come down. And I say all of that to say, the fact that these women got so swindled and I've just seen this man on Instagram today with my own eyes actually just does not sit right with my spirit. And hell is a hot place. He shall find it because you could just tell by the pain in their eyes, like they had the purest of intention, the purest of hearts. And it's so sad. He picked a specific demographic like women, early 30s, because, you know, at that point, I think they're looking for something a bit more serious. And he knows that he could just sell the dream of them having like a perfect relationship and seem like a committed person and buy them easier. Because, you know, at that point, sadly, as women, we're told that our options are more limited. So if you see a guy that's like extremely successful, you think he's good looking I say they think he's good looking because my thoughts are different but let's not go there um but they think he's extremely good looking he's very well presented he's very vulnerable and open with you and he tells you he wants to have a, a, a genuine future with you on top of that he's flown you out for a, this business trip he's flying in town just to have coffee with you like he's seeming very committed and you're in that mindset where you want to find a good partner to settle down and you didn't think it could happen and now it's happening come on now like people some people were being kind of like really quite cruel online but 
<clears throat> me it happens me though it actually happens like so many women not just men with private jets but so many women get caught up in dreams like they they fall for potential it's not unheard of and it's even more less unheard of if the guy's already given you everything you think you want it's so true and this is this is why um the big proponent of my whole life has been always take from people's actions and not their words and that's the worst thing is yeah as women we're really told to like be bob the builders and build up these men who just feed us lies and the reason why i learned this lesson like quite young is because at my first job at forever 21 there was a girl that worked as like a supervisor and basically she was only 19 but you know back in the day you were all just very young so anyone even slightly older than you was given a job position that they had no no way of having the responsibility to be able to actually do well Mm -hmm. anyway so she was telling us about like it got to the point where you know at work where you get too over familiar with people because you spend too much time together she was crying one day and she was telling us about how this boyfriend that she had that lived in Egypt she met him on holiday he basically took the piss out of her and she took out loans for him so he could get a car so he could start working and then he ghosted her and now she's been paying off his debt years and years later and she's like she's fucked up her credit and that, when See, I was like, that's girl, scary. you're 19. That's actually I was like, scary. girl, you are 19. Like, this is your credit ruined at 19 years of age for a guy that literally does not give a shit about you, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And then Poor months girl, later, she's like, okay. literally. But then months later, she's like, oh, he's talking to me again. I was like, girl, what? The only thing I'm asking that guy is where is my money? Because I'm in debt because of you I can't but it happens it happens every day and I've seen it with my eyes because even once the debt's paid off like your credit I think it takes like seven years to rebuild if it's been truly screwed Mm -hmm. I'm not ruining anything by saying this because obviously you're equating that he's swindling people and there's a private jet so you're thinking how much one woman two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of debt she will never recover she but will I'm never sorry, like how did how did she have access to that level of money in the first place like I actually, can't say that without ruining it okay. <laughs> I can't. okay yeah let me let me go watch it and then go and watch I it I'm, I might send you a message about it because you know I'm going to be opinionated yeah please do oh dear but you know it really goes to show firstly like just because someone presents you a lifestyle it it, there's such a thing as being like asset poor and liability rich like what someone presents as their image has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on behind the scene with their finances some of the most frugal people have a lot in actual like property equity they've got meaningful assets in other ways that aren't necessarily just based on like their consumption so that's one thing I would never assume that someone can afford to pay me back more than I can afford to lose without knowing their like their actual like bank account like in detail and even then people can fake that so I really want that to be like a lesson to people because we do it a lot there's such a thing as social proof once you go out and you see people and they look like they're successful by how they present themselves and you know everyone around them seems to think that they're successful once you've got that two-step like authentication where you've seen it with your own eyes and everyone else that knows them thinks that of them too you just kind of like you don't do you don't do the work you don't do the research but like people are crazy and it's just a scary world so I really want everyone to like learn the lessons from that documentary Mm. if you haven't watched it please watch it do you know what I've noticed as well the people who are most flashy with the money usually don't have as much as those who are more subtle with it like 
I've met some very high net worth individuals in my time and they're the most simplest plain people and you don't see them in Selfridges or with designer or anything flashy a lot of the time they don't even flash on Instagram because they're so secure with their money and obviously not all the time but generally those who are very flashy with money and cash and cars and brands and restaurants usually don't have as much or aren't as like secure with their wealth. I completely agree with you because it's a mindset thing once you get to a certain point where you've got nothing to prove to anyone and you just want to you know be once you have enough money to know that you're comfortable for like generations to come what have you got to prove to people like people just know that about you like that there's nothing that you getting another car is actually going to add to your life there's no need but if you're someone who's never really had that access to money or anything like that before, a lot of people get so wrapped up in proving to others that they've reached a certain point in their life. I was even explaining this to my cousin in Ghana and I'm literally not going to go on a tangent, just my last point, don't worry. But we were talking about it and she was like, oh, you know, people like rent, like luxury clothes. I'm like, it's for me, I don't know if I like that because the problem is it's feeding into that culture where people are like, renting clothes that cost more than just getting something that's well made on the high street because they want to rent polyester gucci jumpers to do what if it's a dress for like a wedding or something like that i understand the purpose because you're not going to wear the clothes again but people are like basically clownering their whole life clownering the whole wardrobe and at the end of the day they don't own any of these things they're just paying this money to these different companies to stunt what on Instagram to have different like designer looking things in different places all the time and it's just so unsustainable but that that's the way we've got our mindset and she was like yeah but you know if you were getting x y and z like if you got like a watch on finance I'm like it's different if you get a watch on finance you get a car on finance you own that thing in the end but what these companies that are making people feel like they need to rent just common jumpers that are bougie to wear at brunch with the girls when it's not even really going to be a thing like it's not even occasion people are renting clothes just to like go out and about because they don't want to be seen in regular clothes anymore and what they're doing by making it oh like you can do it in installment payments and stuff like this it's making it seem like it's an acceptable price because they're breaking it down oh you could do weekly payments instead you could do it like this you can do it like that But when you add up the actual money you're spending on all these things that you ultimately do not own in the end, you could have put that money into, even if you're going to get a watch or something on finance, you still own it. And that's the difference between like investing in something and just consuming to consume. So I was really having a deep conversation to her about it. And I really think it's a, it's a bigger problem with where we are right now, but I'm not going to talk anymore about that. Yeah, no, it's right. It's right though. And I think it's relevant because it all um, comes back to this idea of trying to prove yourself to other people and it's things we spoke about before of like always trying to appear like you're doing better or always trying to appear that um, you've kind of got more than you have and a lot of the time what you think people have also isn't true like you look at social media and you see the things that everyone seems to be running their own business everyone seems to be making 100 grand a year everyone seems to be flying out you know we all can't be doing that when the statistics show that the average salary in the UK, I think is, I don't know, 28 maybe. So someone's lying. It's either the statistics or people on social media. But the problem is we're always trying to chase that um, unrealistic expectation that isn't possible with people in there. Well, it's possible, but not for everyone when you're in your late 20s and still starting out. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, delayed gratification really is a thing. So 
you know sometimes it's like yeah that could be possible but you need to be willing to sacrifice some of the enjoyment right now but I think that FOMO factor really stops people from making that lifestyle possible like for a longer run in the future and it's kind of sad exactly and it brings me on really nicely to the point that I I wanted to speak about today specifically which is about like finding your purpose in your work especially in your job because I saw a tweet um, earlier this week and it was um, from a woman who works a nine-to-five she has no shame in working a nine-to-five she's 26 but she earns six figures and she was talking about how kind of entrepreneur culture and being your own boss, boss cultures made people look down on the fact that she has a nine to five. And she gives mm-hmm. this really detailed and really useful description, actually, of how having a nine to five can be beneficial. You can earn a lot of money. You don't have the stress of running your own business. And she speaks about like how strategically switching jobs um, upskilling, changing industries like even like down to networking buddying up with your manager um getting promotions and all these different things she speaks about how all of those aspects have actually enabled her to go on and achieve a lot of money in a nine to five just got me thinking about what my purpose is at work because as I said to you at the start of this call um I've been having a lot of decisions in regards to work because I'm an employee in one sense but I'm also a co-founder and an entrepreneur in another sense and the entrepreneur side of things is especially difficult more so than me being an employee of the charity that I that I run and essentially I I wanted to really get your opinion on this as well Gloria and also open this up to the audience for people to join in the conversation but what defines a purpose at work because we always tend to look at the salary we always tend to look at are you earning enough are you paying your bills which is obviously vitally important Um, But I think back to even this week, which I forgot to mention, is that I managed to secure a partnership between Shadow to Shine, the charity and Samsung UK. And through that, we've been able to like use their um, HQ space. We've been able to deliver programs for young people and had Samsung staff volunteering and coming along and giving talks and sharing their career journeys with the young people on the program. And what's really interesting is we've got like the head of marketing for Europe, the head of operations, all these senior members of staff come in. And at the end of every session, they're coming to me and saying like, wow, this is one of the best things I've done in my work in a while is speaking to a group of, you know, 15, 18 to 20 year olds. And this is what they say has been the highlight of their week. And it's not all these amazing things that they're doing in their day to day work, but it's coming and giving a 30 minute talk about their career journey. So I think it's a nice segue into this career talks, but I'd like to know, Gloria, what you personally define your purpose at work is, if you have one at all. That is a hell of a question, Korea. It's a big question. It is. And I'd say, you know what, you can think about your purpose in work in two different ways. I really like the phrase that, you know, we shouldn't shouldn't, um, live to work. We should work to live. And I really like, I really like, thinking about that when I approach like my actual job because you can look at a job in two ways one a job can fund things that you like to do outside of the workplace and a lot of people do take that soul-destroying offense um sacrifice of absolutely hating their job basically doing it because it's the max amount of money but that amount of money really allows them to have a lot of freedom so they can maybe retire slightly earlier you know, they can invest a lot in outside of work hobbies, they can travel meaningfully. And that in itself is a purpose, because if you know that you have 
for example, lifestyle aims, like you want to travel the world, you want to do X, Y, and Z, and those things at the end of the day require money, then sometimes you making those sacrifices by doing something that you don't feel like is as purposeful in work can lead to you finding your purpose outside of the workplace more meaningfully. So that's one way things can interlink in my head. I will say I was in I've been in many situations where that was the mindset at the time where I thought I could actually just struggle, struggle, struggle and do work that I did not find fitting. And for me, my spirit, it just didn't sit right. And even the first time I moved out um, where I'm living. So I moved here before (laughs) breaking news and I hated it the first time I moved here. But it's because the job I was doing at the time was just so unaligned. I didn't feel purposeful. It didn't feel like any of the work I was doing had meaning. And for me, it felt like I was ultimately wasting my time doing something meaningless. So I didn't want to do that. I was like, I'm young. Um, the money's okay, but even then it's not like enough for me to say, okay, I only need to suffer for like three more years and I can cut and run and like invest in like some, something great hobby I want to do and travel the world. It was never going to give me that either. So on both fronts, I said, this is not my purpose. I don't want to do this. I want to figure out what I want to do. I thought about it. I thought about things that I had personal interest in and how to make my career more aligned with my personal interests. One thing people know about me is I do, I love a debate and I love current affairs. I do, I do. Other than being like a freaking news person or a professional like troll on Twitter, um, it was it was very difficult to see like how that was going to really pan out. But I don't know, I managed to reskill, relearn and I thrived in it because I knew that these were things that I was more so interested in and what I ended up doing and what I'm doing now is way more aligned with things that I actually have an interesting and on top of that because of the type of work that I do and because like it's semi-legal without going into it too much but it affects people's day-to-day lives. And I think that's what was missing in my first job is seeing the direct impact for my work was never really going to be there. It was something that was very much a nice idea, but when Mm -hmm. it comes to the actual execution, it was, it was inconsequential as to whether like it, it went well or it didn't go well. It was something that, Oh, this is a nice thing to brag about at dinner parties that you had a part in but when it comes to the effect on like people's everyday lives and the meaning of your work it felt really meaningless and I think Mm -hmm. that's probably what a lot of people at at Samsung probably felt because you know at the time I was working for an organization that sounds great on paper behind the scenes I'm not going to talk about it too much we'll get sued but not always as it seemed and it was full of people that did things that sounded phenomenal but when you really look at the direct impact people's work was having on on the lives of people it sounded a lot better on paper than what they were actually doing in that role day to day because they were just so far removed and I'm glad to say that now at least what I do it seems a bit more impactful so it makes me feel a bit more focused day to day and ultimately I know that this still might not be completely 100 million percent the absolute purpose of my life like I'm not for example like a nunna a nunnery that knows that this is the only thing I want to do ever this is more aligned but I still feel like there are some parts of like what I would like to seek from a career that might not be fully satisfied from this 
but it's definitely the start of an actual career because this is the first job I have where I can see this building me as a person, my skill set, and you know, continuing myself on a journey to my greater purpose. This feels meaningful. I go into work every day and I I think I'm there for a reason. And it's nice. So yeah definitely and also from a money front I'm able to actually start thinking now about okay well beyond this what are my life purposes where do I want to see myself in x amount of years and how is this job going to get me there not just in terms of the skills I'm building because I've definitely built so many skills thank god I've got a great manager did some public speaking and it's been the best thing I could have done I've gotten so much more confident because of that and I'm eternally thankful but beyond that, even from a financial standpoint, I'm thinking, hmm, like if I were to continue down these sorts of career paths, will this allow me to live the life that I want to live? Yes or no. What can I do to kind of increase the odds of going in that direction since I've got time because I'm still in my 20s? And it made me want to look into investing. It made me want to look into what more, more skills I could get to, you know, further increase my earning potential. I started relearning French, you know? So it, this was like the first job that actually gave me that kick in the ass. Sorry, I'm not sure if we're lads. I feel like we could swear. We're adults here. I mean, I, but- <laughs> I swear multiple times, so go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, it gave me the kick in the ass to like really like ask the deeper questions. And sometimes like you just need some soul searching to get to the point where you can like inquire on this. And sometimes that comes from you kind of flopping at doing other things mm-hmm. and being miserable at doing other things and saying, yeah, this is not aligned. So what is? So yeah, that's my journey. Yeah. Do you know what? I echo a lot of what you're saying, especially like the idea of is it making an impact or you feel so removed when you're saying your previous job where it, although it sounded good on paper, it felt so removed from actually making a difference. Because I think about when I first started out, when I was literally like a teenager and I started my website, which kind of got me to where I am now. It was called Hype Ingenious because I noticed that there was so much creative talent out there but they were kind of lacking this business navigation or the understanding and know-how on how to deal with the corporate world or how to deal with contracts or getting signed or PR and marketing, um, even just publicity. A lot of creative talent was missing that. And for me, as someone who loves the arts, who loves creativity, and I'm such a fan of people who create art, that I wanted to offer some type of platform for them. And I was doing it for free. And I started it as a hobby as a teenager. And that ended when I started uni and I went into project management, I went into data, I went into administration and operations. And although I guess like you, Gloria, on paper, it was quite a good grad job. It was a decent pay. It was a good organizations. I was working on good projects. There was something niggling inside of me where it just didn't feel like I was fulfilling my what I want to do in life even though the projects that I was working on were still so substantial and made an impact and when I reflected it was like it wasn't aligned with what I like to do I love the arts and I love to support people so when the opportunity for Shadow to Shine came around which is the charity that I'm currently CEO of which is where we help young people who are facing barriers actually be able to overcome those barriers to achieve their um, successes whether that's professionally or in enterprise in whatever they want to do 
and all of a sudden like there was no questions asked I was going to quit my very well-paid junior project management job and jump over to Shadows of Shine taking a lower pay for, at the at an initial time and working on this because it aligned with something that truly matched my purpose and passion so it doesn't feel like work even on the difficult days it doesn't feel like work and for people who are listening who are probably a little bit younger and or even people who are the same age but aren't working in something that they love I think that you have to trace it back to what you enjoy when you're not being paid and I say this to the young people I work with if you were bored and you didn't have your phone you didn't have social media what would your natural thing be to do and for some people it might be to listen to music for others it might be do a puzzle for others it might be go for a walk you know if you find out what you do when you're not being paid that is the probably the best way to find a job that suits your purpose and even looking at your personality styles do you like to work in a team or individually do you like going to different places every day or do you like consistency and being in one space so when I really realized that my passion is helping people with a talent actually get the full potential out of that talent my work was a no-brainer from that point forth Oh, I love that. And I I really, really have loved seeing all of the posts about the Samsung collaboration. Like, I'm just so proud of you for what you've achieved. It's really amazing. You've, you've like positively impacted so many people's lives. Well, thank you. Thank you. But it doesn't, you know, what? it genuinely doesn't feel like that to me. It feels genuinely in a selfish way like I love to do this and you it's the young people themselves who have the talent so the fact that I can just facilitate them to achieve more is is finding that purpose and I mean I had a conversation with a friend recently and I I won't be too specific because I don't want to air her business out but she's been jumping from job to job and she's like 28 now and I, and I think she's feeling a bit shitty about it because a lot of her friends who stayed in one field from the age of, let's say, 21, they've been in that field for seven years or so now. And they're probably like kind of junior level managers, maybe even a little bit more senior, depending on how quickly they've progressed. And because she's jumping career so much, she's having to start from square one again. And me and her were speaking and I was and she was like, she could just go into the industry that she was last in and go in at a slightly higher role. But I was like, you actually don't enjoy it because you've been doing this for years. You don't last more than six to nine months in the company because you actually hate the line of work and it doesn't suit your personality. And there's no shame in taking some time to figure out what you enjoy doing and change career even if that means going in at a junior level it's best to start now than forcing yourself along these career paths that you hate you see it with boomers uh, they're also depressed they're also miserable because they just stayed in a career for 20 years and we we don't have to do that like <laughs> uh, but you know what in the boomers defense you've got to got to remember like back in those days people mm. were just fed the idea that you know you should be just working for the same company forever they reward Mm. loyalty with these little pay increases every like three years you know that was the mindset where they just were told that they should be happy to have a job and at the end of the day back then the standard of living was kind of fairly easy for most people because they were able to afford houses for way less as a proportion of their annual salary so yeah if they were just in any old job slogging along they didn't really need to change jobs for for them to be able to afford to live. Whereas for us, it's so crucial for us to like get out of that boomer mindset and really mm. like refocus and live in the now. 
yeah it's true but I also think like it's a lot more pressure there's no secret on the timeline right now about how much the cost of living in the UK especially London is disgusting these energy prices these house prices these like inflation wage cuts all that stuff but it's a beautiful thing that we do have the luxury of being able to just jump career and it won't be seen as such a bad thing um and our generation I think the generation of our listeners as well we're we're in a unique point where we really border Gen Z millennial we're probably raised by boomers a lot of us but we see the way Gen Z's do business and we're we're in this beautiful sweet spot where we can choose a company that we want to work for based off of values so like looking at what their social policies are looking how they treat women looking how they treat people of color we can be picky and it doesn't seem like it at the moment because of the job market but we're more in demand than they are and yeah you've got to find your passion right now no matter what the boomers are saying this is true but I will also say you know like a slight a slight kind of I'm going to give a slightly different view also. There's also, there's also nothing wrong with saying that you're going to get into a career because you want to earn well, as long as you know what you want to do with these earnings that you're sacrificing your happiness to get. And I say that to say, this is why some people, when they go into jobs just for the money, still don't last long, even though the paycheck is nice. Because if the paycheck is nice, you're miserable, but ultimately you're working to basically afford a type of lifestyle but there was no like end to that you just wanted to have nicer material things and you know just afford nicer things is that ultimately what's going to make you happy and for a lot of people once they get it they realize no they are still miserable so Mm. they don't last long whereas if you're someone who says okay I want to get high paying job because I want to you know build board towards financial freedom I want to you know support my extended family you know some people have bigger goals and bigger aims for that money that's just beyond them like experiencing like a lot of material wealth and doing all these vapid things and there's absolutely nothing wrong in picking jobs that are going to help you get to those sorts of goals quicker because I know for sure like my dad for sure did that when he made all the the career choices that he made ultimately he does like what he does it's very demanding but for a lot of his life he was just picking jobs because they paid well because he had bigger things that he wanted from life for himself for his family and he had to sacrifice a lot of happiness to do that and you know it's nice to say that you know we want to follow our passions and etc but you know sometimes people's passion projects don't pan out to a point where they can actually support their lifestyle. Not everyone can make it in doing things that they truly, truly love doing every day. And if you are someone who does that, you're really, really fortunate to do so. And there's nothing wrong with accepting that maybe you haven't completely gotten to a point where you're able to fund your passions and, you know, be fortunate enough to do things that you really, really love every single day of your life. But just as long as you're able to, like, get to some point of equilibrium where, you don't hate yourself or you don't hate your job. You've got to pick one struggle. You can't struggle on both ends at the same time, but you've just got to have some kind of purpose you're working towards, whether it be like what Karina's talking about, where you absolutely love your job with a passion and, you know, you can afford to live, so it's fine. And that's enough for you. You're happy with what you're doing or you're happy with what your job is enabling you to do. Those are fine. But if you're one of those people where you hate your job, um, but then also you're just, you don't really have any like 
other purposes for your own life, then really, really do some soul searching because just seeking a job for job's sake isn't going to make you happy. And I think that's ultimately what your friend was discovering at those other jobs that could have given her the nice lifestyle, but she never lasted long at. It seems that's a common thing for a lot of people. But you know what? I I actually don't disagree with you at all. And you bring a, a really good point to the conversation, which is this idea of equilibrium, because I know, again, like I have to always check my privilege, but to be able to say, follow your passion is so easy to say. But if your passion is something like knitting a really bespoke piece of green knitwear that you can only sell for like 50p no disrespect to anyone who does things like that but obviously you can't make a living off of that and you can't pay your rent Etsy girls are shaking Etsy girls are in the comments Etsy babes we love you because the amount of things I buy off Etsy and I love all the niche products on there but what I'm trying to say is like equilibrium is everything you know if you are one of those people who is like this is just for the money cool but you you the point you make is the purpose has to be greater than money because I don't think money is enough for people it helps and it pays the bills and it keeps us alive but there will always become a point where money is just not enough for what's going on and even if that goal is like a, a savings goal and you're like right when I've saved 100 bags I'm stopping this job let's say you're in investment banking the problem is is that we get too complacent and too used to the money and the lifestyle that we've managed to accumulate um And then we don't leave when we hit those goals. So then it starts to feel purposeless again. Um, And that's the fine balance that I think people are struggling with of our generation. Or actually the worst balance that people are struggling with is that they're not getting paid enough. They're not doing their passion and they're never going to reach their goal because the system is set up where people don't have the luxury of doing any of those three. Yeah, I think it's more so your last point, girl. Like people are truly, truly tired and they're tired of like, feeling like they're doing the absolute most for a job that doesn't really value them much Mm -hmm. and that literally they could die tomorrow and the job will actually just replace them their family would not be looked after by the job and they're realizing that the pandemic has really opened people's eyes to how disposable some of these jobs have made them and how unhappy they are in doing what they're doing um because you know according to like the employment statistics in the states they had a period that they're nicknaming and I find it funny the great resignation where loads of people were basically resigning from their jobs at the peak of the pandemic without having something else lined up which was like a first for a lot of people you know usually you leave when you've got other jobs on but it's because people just kind of had enough and I was watching like a CNN report you know during my COVID lockdown (laughs) um, when I was stuck at home because the TV did work you know data expensive TV was there and on the news report, they were interviewing a man. They asked, okay, so, you know, you left your job, you took a risk, you decided to set up your own business. What made you want to do this? And he said, well, basically it was when I was having to request time off to go to a family funeral. And they were basically telling me they're not going to pay me for the period of time. I need to basically be back in the next day. And he was just like, it was just so dehumanizing. And I realized Mm -hmm. these people literally don't care. And I was like, yes that is exactly it and it was a common thing that I was just seeing on on that news report where people were just like yeah you know what the pandemic was stressful and it just made me really rethink about my life like what do I actually want to do because it's not this Mm -hmm. and I get that even my sister you know she has a great job she's a lawyer amazing amazing job even she's like is this even for me and she's been in law school and been in all this debt basically to like live this dream and even she sat like you know I think people are realizing 
finally that there's so much more to life than work so when this episode we talk about we're saying what is your purpose in your job perhaps the purpose in your job is no job (laughs) and just being alive and existing is enough but finding your purpose in life is so important if you can align that with your work then great and if you just need to work to pay the bills then you need to find it outside of work for just general happiness yeah a million percent for sure and you know just to really bring this back to the current situation at hand, like it's just getting so much harder for people to actually survive. So if you are able to bring slightly more joy into your life by not being miserable, literally nine to five, Monday to Friday, do that because like you only have one life and it's just so sad that we're in that mindset that we need to wait until we retire to get to really enjoy our lives and do what we want and you know in our minds we're gonna have all these savings that we get to like live our little lives travel and do all these things with it's not guaranteed that we're ever necessarily gonna see those days so could you imagine like going because we're not we're not on this earth forever we never know how long we've got here Mm -hmm. but just going and never having enjoyed most of your life because you're at work for a majority of your life people like this is our lives nine to five monday to friday oh the the people we hate it's not like the thought of doing that and then on top of that coming home seeing the cost of living is also up so also hating that too like we've got to pick one struggle and it really cannot be both so like please 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 especially if you're in your 20s don't feel the pressure to have found this greater purpose that we're talking about because it's not an overnight thing oh my gosh there I I, that job that I said that I felt purposeless in I really thought that was it that was going to be the one it sounded so good but you know in experiencing and trying all these different things I got closer to my purpose by flopping many 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 you know many what? times the best way to find your purpose is to do things that definitely is not your purpose as well because like if you never did that job you'd probably be longing for it still to this day thinking I'm gonna go move to that company you yeah. sometimes just have to bite the bullet and do something and be like rah that was not what I was expecting yeah for sure and even now like the next thing that I'm kind of like still very in and out about career wise is maybe moving and doing something slightly more private sector focused a bit more intense because I don't know I think this is more so to do with my personality type and that's another thing I've realized is that even if you like the subject matter that you're working within sometimes your personality type is geared towards more intense or less intense environments like I like, for example, the amount of freedom that I'm given within my role. I'm really treated with respect like an adult. And, you know, your deferred tasks, you do the tasks and you're, you're kind of, that. that's your role. You're given the task, you do the task competently. No one's on your back. You manage your schedule and your days as you wish. I love that. I love being given that freedom. Yeah. However, those, those high pressure times that make me feel stressed, I quite enjoy them. I don't enjoy the burner, but I quite enjoy working in that kind of style. So part of me always thinks, should I be maybe, you know, looking for something in the future that has a lot more like goals and targets, you know, for example, in the workplace, I don't really have any goals and targets. It's much more, oh, well, you know, there's this project of work, we're going to be working on it, but there's not like any like continual goals like I work towards in the interim. It's kind of a long like time frame. And that's kind of strange for me because I, 
I've got a short attention span, little tasks work way better. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I've been realizing. I'm like, okay, well, you know, how do I change that? Do I want to change that? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an ongoing journey. You're going to have to continually learn more about yourself by trying lots of different things. Exactly. And seeing what works for you. It's a beautiful point actually to end on is like, your personality type can also fit into many different spaces so this episode is not to put pressure on people if they feel like they're not working in a job or industry that really aligns with their passion but if you could do little things each day to make you feel more worthy work on more happy like Gloria said like see if you can split your job into little goals or more faster paced environments or slower paced environments so you're at least feeling a little bit of reward and satisfaction so every day doesn't feel so like dreary Definitely. And if I were to give one like wrap up piece of advice for people that want to take that step and want to know like how to start, LinkedIn really is your friend. If you have a person or for example, a company that you think you would like to work on, go on LinkedIn, stalk some profiles of people that do jobs that you would love one day maybe to do, you know, you just imagine yourself maybe liking that Mm -hmm. and just see what skills they have and like the steps they took to even get there because you'll see how varied a lot of those routes are ask people questions sometimes even take those steps yourself see what it would take to adjust your cv to do something that you think you'll be good at and you know more likely than not once you start the steps to get to that job that you thought was your dream job you probably won't like it you (laughs) might love it but you know you're gonna you're gonna at least be better at trying once you see the steps you need to take because otherwise everything just sounds a bit more overwhelming and very up in the air but you know try small like pointed steps to getting there exactly exactly and also like we always say if you have any other tips or ideas or comments on this particular topic please do join the conversation at clued up but clueless we're on twitter now clued up clueless we're on instagram clued up but clueless um we obviously have our dms open on both and always comment on the post as well because you all might have a different opinion on this some of you may be working in your passion project and it's not paying the bills and it doesn't suit you others of you may be working to pay the bills but you're not feeling passionate so let us know where you're at and like kind of how you're overcoming this situation yourselves right thank you so much for tuning in with us guys until next time bye Bye.